Welcome to The Road Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal, glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another awesome episode of The Row Show. Today we have a regatta madness, the last World Cup, the last big racing that we see before the Tokyo. Olympic Games and as always it's myself Lawrence Britton and with me yeah it's Jake guys and wow this was one hell of a regatta I'm gonna I'll be honest I wasn't expecting the spiciness that we got um from this regatta I thought it was gonna be um pretty stock standard and there weren't gonna be too many upsets I didn't think the racing was gonna be as close and yes I was wrong I've never been so happy to be wrong it was hella spicy some events we're definitely lacking, but some events were just goes to show you don't need, you know, you need one or two. I mean, sometimes it was just two boats that actually yeah. were out a good performance, and it was worth watching just for those two boats. So it goes to show sometimes you don't need the whole field to have good racing. You just need some good, you know, performers. Yeah, because I mean, we did the the hype train earlier in the week, and you know, just before the racing got going, and you know, we knew that there was going to be a good race here or, t- here or there because there were a few good crews entered. But I was not ready for finals day. And, you know, watching the heats, nothing special because there, there weren't the big depth of field. So there's no, like, big upsets on the, the heats or semis or reps. And then coming into the fi- the finals, then we were on the water. We had a, a big training session this morning, so we didn't get to watch mm. any of the, the racing live. And we get off and we start looking at the results and just basically all hell broke loose in, in our houses as me and Jake just uh, shouting at each other about the, the different results <laughs> we're looking at. And yeah. there were some humdingers, yeah, for no, there, sure. There were humdingers, no doubt. The talking point of the day is going to be the Dutch lightweight women's double rowing 6.43, breaking the record. That was, I remember I was we were eating breakfast and someone said, yeah, they rode 6.43. I was like, did quick maths in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure that's way under the world record. And they did. They smashed it. I know Lawrence has been a big believer in that, in that double. I didn't expect them to put out a result like that. And what a way to finish the World Cup season. Put yourself up for Tokyo. Then smash. They literally put themselves in a different group to every single other event today literally and also it's not like the italians um were slow at all you know the italians were are they they're quality crew and then they just got seven seconds put into them down the track and you know i have been saying for a while though i say we we, since we we interviewed uh, marika i thought you know ilza Ilza, sorry always getting my names muddled up (laughs) and uh we you after that interview i just thought that you know there's class yeah there's experience and there's just quality athletes and you know they they struggle to always nail the performance but i feel like as the pressure comes on as the race gets bigger they seem to to always perform a little bit uh, better so you know they struggled They, they had to miss the the second world cup and we didn't see them row there and awesome to see them come down the track today and smash the world record. Four seconds into that world record. And I mean, Jake, how many years have we been saying Yo, that we've this been record... calling it. We've been calling it. I've never been so happy to see a world record fall. I'm like, people are getting way too close to this record. 
someone needs to go out there and bust the door down. And I remember we, we even said that it's not going to be like a second. When someone breaks this record, it's going to go yeah. seconds. Four seconds. Four seconds. That's and then, monstrous. I mean, I, I mean, we were talking about it in after 2019 World Champs. During that regatta, I think there was like, I can't remember exactly, but like eight times Cruz went within one or two seconds of the previous world record. So we knew that this thing was just uh, ripe for the taking and uh, really awesome to see the Dutch and um, Ilza held the last record. So really cool yeah, to, that's, that's to get her. So it just goes just to show how strong she is as, yeah. a, as an athlete. And when the water is quick, because I mean, as you know, there's a bit, bit different uh, racing on the on the quick conditions compared to like a flat or, or a headwind. So it takes a different kind of skill to, to go that quick. And then looking at the sheet. So... Uh, for new listeners, we we always do a prog sheet uh, where we take the, the the racing times of the day against the the world records, and then we make like kind of a roster, and we can you can really see learn a lot of the kind of quality of the racing just from looking at the the numbers. And we we send this out to our patrons. So if you if you want this data, then uh, head over to Patreon and and subscribe and join us there. Lots of discussion on the racing there, and uh, and obviously then you get the numbers. And you can see for yourself but lightweight women's double won the sheet today by two and a half percent yeah they got 100.97 percent that um the next fastest time of the day was the women's fall with a, a 98.46 percent so i mean just at the top of the sheet that was humongous and it was actually just to talk a look into the numbers a little bit Again, we see the field of racing, actually, the majority of the races. There were only two outliers, the lighty women's double at the top and the women's single at the bottom. Otherwise, the women's four were 98.46 and the men's four 97.04. So that's 1.4% of all the events in one field. So that's actually really close. That might be the closest the majority of the racing has been today. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, that's 12 events all packed in with that in that percent and a half and yeah, really, really tight. Um, also, when when last did we see a record break? I thought maybe Ages. Robbie Robbie Manson when he got the the skull record. We've seen the eight record go that same regatta as well. Yeah, I think it might have been since then. Uh, I'm not too clued up with this, so I could be very well. Be no, wrong, I think that it's, those it's been a while. I think those are, are the last time we saw the record uh, go. If you're listening and we're wrong, hit us up with a, a message, a DM, and uh, feel nothing to to point out our errors. Yeah. I think the the other thing that was awesome was Martin Cross giving us the shout oh, out. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Uh, he gave us a shout out on the eight podium uh, when the somewhere when the the Germans were getting their medals, and uh, he said uh, shout out to the to the row show. So I also want to just shout out back to to Martin Cross because his commentary was on point today, and I yeah. really I really appreciate the effort and the time. And I think from doing this show, I realized more and more how much effort and time Martin puts yeah, into the commentary. Easy. You know, nailing everyone's name, getting there. I mean, I can't get anyone's just name right. Just the names right. alone, like the pronunciation of all the different... Yeah, I mean, he just rattled off the German crew, like... Just straight, straight off the bat. The bassist, he gets the Polish names perfect. I'm like, how? <laughs> how do you get that perfect? Is so it not is like an English speaker? Yeah, so I uh, really, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, big shout out to to the commentary team and the footage from World Rowing, always awesome too, to have yeah. good racing to watch. And yeah. then, so Jake, is that your race of the day, Lighted Women's Double? Um, it's not my race of the day. It's not? No. It's my race of the day. No. For sure. No. It, yeah, it is, because I know which race you're going to go for. I know. But this, <laughs> for I'm me, <laughs> rowing 101%, 
you trump anything. No, it is. So that for, for me, it's my race of the day. If I'm getting technical here, if we had to change it up and say performance of the day, 100% they got the performance of the day. But it wasn't okay, really a race. Okay, now you're getting so it wasn't technical. A race. This was a time so trial for them. They weren't racing anybody. It was their own race. I know, but they were in their own race, their yeah. own league. So I think it, uh, it's worthy. My race of the day is 100% going to be the men's single. And the reason I love this is because Lawrence, Lawrence's words were Ali <laughs> Ziedler is going to win. Basically untouchable. Basically, that's what he said. And wow, that was one hell of a race. You know, Chetel at least, I, at going least I, away. I thought I was going to get this regard. I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there just so, so uh, early. And I thought at least I get this one. Maybe I won't get the games, but... Uh, I got put in my place pretty quickly. Yeah, and then there was a lot to unpack there in the in the men's single race. I think Chettle really, I think Chettle and Sferi, they both, I thought um, Oli kind of like got a little bit behind them in the beginning of the race. And I think he, looking at him rowing, he looked really composed. Maybe he was a little bit too composed. He, it kind of, maybe he was giving the sense that it was going to go through them and he, he kind of got a little bit behind them on the momentum. But Chettle, you know, went off his second 500. Chettle was ridiculous and Sferi, you know, he had a really good comeback to put himself just in front of the 1500. And then, you know, you, you know, you're looking at a classy athlete when, you know, you've, someone's rode up to you and then you make a move again. So I think, you know, I think for um, Ollie's side is that the, the tailwind got on top of him. Yeah. I think you, as you, I think you hit it spot on there. You know, he doesn't always have the quickest start. And in that tail, you really got to get on top of it. You got to get into that like uncomfortable rhythm because the race gets gets through and you get over you get uh, through the race really quickly so if you're not in that uncomfortable zone early on it's really hard to come back and everyone's boat speed is up so to change speed is is always a little bit trickier so i think that he just got caught a little bit napping out the start and i mean we know he's he struggles a little bit more in the in the difficult conditions yeah so I think I still stand by it. If this and now we'll flat water, flat water, he's, flat water, he's, he's going to win. But I think, yeah, I mean, anything we can expect, anything from uh, Tokyo and um, Chetel and uh, Sferia have come with a thunder, and they've showed that they have yeah, huge both, purpose. Yeah, and not only now are they in the fight for the gold, they also it's it's if they don't have the best race of the day, they're not coming in the medals. Yeah, like it's that tight in the in the men's singles. So. I think it's uh, it's really spicy. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say for Ollie is now he's raced all three World Cups. Yeah, so maybe he's just also a bit on the back foot of the training side of things where he's now raced so much and he needs to just kind of yeah. settle into and do, do some a bit training. of training and then, and then yeah, see. I think that's something we definitely uh, want to talk about at a later stage is the, actually, because the, there are a couple of crews here I want to talk about with the, the payoff be be behind maybe racing a little bit more. And then on the side, you do lose training. And we, after we can go into it a bit later, especially if we talk about the men's aid, we can talk about the training factor. But I still want to unpack this a little bit. Um, Chettle, I, he, I, it was interesting because I read on his post-race interview and he said this was a surprise winning. He didn't expect, it wasn't his plan to win. Um, and it's clearly he's in a frame of mind of building up. And classic, I feel like Norway in general as a, as a team, they always have this most insane progression throughout the season. Chettle is one version. Um, the Norwegian men's squad is another. They just pick up as the season goes along. They just get better and better and better. And I don't know why that is. And even the lightweight doubles kind of show The lightweight double as similar, well. I forgot about those vibes. guys. Yeah, the, the lightweight double. We'll get into that just now. And another name, good to see. Kind of, he, he looks like he's coming back in form. 
is Demir. He's he's coming back. I mean, wasn't too far behind. I mean, like he's he four seconds. The, yeah, I mean, like people say four seconds. It's a lot of time. In the single skulls, it's a different event. It's it's still although in the last uh, few races we've seen four seconds is is way off yeah, the pace. Actually, that is way off the pace. So, but I mean, I mean he's he's coming back. Yeah, in 2019 he wouldn't have been. He would have been back boxing with uh, Grisconis at the back. Yeah. And, oh, we didn't see Lithuania here, so I wonder what they, they've What's done. What's cooking up in Lithuania, yeah, because they, they're always a big name. And then the last thing I want to mention is the, you know, the, Ital- the young Italian scholar from, it- um, from Italy. They, he's going to be, I think, a force to be reckoned with coming these next couple of years. Absolute yeah, I mean, monster. He, so you at the start, he, he just threw everything at the, at, the, yeah. at the problem. I think that's the right mentality to have. And, um, you know, he's, you know, the commentator said a lot about him. He, I'd, I'd, interesting to see if he'll go to Tokyo because um, it, the Italian skull is qualified, but um, the the Junario, uh, Gen- I think it was his name, he beat the, the skull at the qualified. So maybe he'll go to Tokyo. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but men's single Italy me. definitely uh, have given themselves some headaches on their selection in their yeah. uh, next few weeks. And, you know, they Very always like to spice things up before uh, the big regattas. And now they've swapped up their pair and their four, they swapped their, their lightweight double around, they now have the sculling uh, conundrum to to deal with. So they, they've given themselves a, a lot to think about. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, men's single, my, my race of the day, and it was one hell of a crack of a race. I thought, uh, you know, they, they did, um, on the numbers, they finished middle of the sheet, 97.9%. So neither here nor there, but like a middle, good race there with some top performers. For sure, and then the so let's go back to to what you were saying about like cruise. Some cruise, I thought this was quite an interesting regatta to race at. You know, like wh- how much were they going to get out of racing here compared to the training they would get if they didn't race? Yeah, and that's a that's a big element. And for me, the most interesting post, the most interesting crew racing at this regatta when it, when we're talking about that discussion is the German eight because. You know, they, I, I don't want to, they, they were really in their own realm there racing, I mean, in, in, in their race. I mean, the Italians are a little bit too far behind Germany to give them some competition at this stage. Yeah. And it's like, you, you can do this in training for what they did now. Um, and like, you, Lawrence, you can tell the audience out there, when you go overseas and you race, the tapering process, the traveling process, the racing process, it's, you take, there's a lot of downtime from training. So you go out of your training and then there's there's a bit of tape before racing, and then after racing, it's like it's not an immediate switch on going back into that training environment. You kind of have to like break the ice a little bit and go back in there. Hey? And and you now add COVID into it and the whole spiciness of that. So I think uh, I I can't I can't really understand, especially once the entries came out and they saw oh there's only going to be Italy there, uh, why they they still went through to race that. So I thought that was a bit strange, um, but. And they also were in the middle of the pack, so their race, it wasn't even like they had their best race and mm. laid it out there. You know, they they easily uh, a sub-520 crew. Yeah. And then they went sub-524. So I thought they, they just didn't really dish up anything. So I thought that was a bit strange, and I'm sure they had their reasons, so we'll have to see. And the other crew that I also couldn't figure out is the Sinkovich brothers in the men's pair. Yeah. You know, they missed that second World Cup where... There were big names there, and that would have been good racing. Now they arrive at this World Cup and just demolish everyone. Yeah, they're basically. I mean, they were they racing most of the field. There's under twenty threes, um, except for the the new Italian pair of uh, Marcus Constanzo and uh, Giovanni Abagnali. But yeah, I mean, they they went out there and they 
They had a good performance, but I mean, again, it was like you know one a one horse race there. I, I I do think they did do an exceptional. They had a really good race though. They yeah. mean six sixteen banging it out. No one there next to them, and they just kind of looked like they were in their vibe, and they looked like they put out a, a flat out performance. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, yeah, I mean, going sixty six sixteen in immense pair. That's that's pretty quick. But um, I but think they would be happy with that performance. But again, you know, they haven't really they haven't really raced. It any doesn't really the, tell them anything. Doesn't really tell them anything against um, you know, the other the other top performers out there. But then on the other side, it's like you only need that one extra crew then to to really make it amazing. And I think case in point, lightweight men's double. Lightweight men's double. Only four entries, two um, no, what is it? Two Norwegians, Italians, and. Azerbaijan? No, no, no. Uh, Algeria. Algeria. Yeah. And then, you know, Norway and Italy having just a humdinger. It was for me, I I was watching that race and I'm like, this is a Henley race. This is one on one. I mean, all they needed was uh, the white barriers next to them just slinging it down the track. You know, Italy really went out with such purpose. I. I love watching that lighty double uh, row of Oppo and Ruta. They are, they've got a distinct uh, rowing style. I mean, it is Italian, but they've made it their own. They really went up. They took the race by the scruff of its neck and they held Norway the whole way down the track. And then Norway, um, well, good to see them back in the double racing. Well, I thought that it was like, they got the length at the 1K and I was like, yo, this is a strong yeah. position. And then I had seen the results before. So I was like, how the hell do Norway come back on this? In Norway, like, have a really good, that third 500, they come back kind of within a canvas shouting distance. But then Italy really hold them for that, like, from 500 meters to go, literally to the last five strokes. They hold them, hold them, hold them. And, and then, then Norway just Norway put them on the just, line. just uh, kick it up a notch, literally in five strokes and uh, and take it on the line. But I, I, I mean, I was, I was, big shout out to both those crews. I think they're both fantastic crews and really good performers. Um, you know, the Norwegian Lighty Double, it's great to see them back um racing in that in that event i know it's it was a big deal for them to go for you know this this delay just following them on social media it looked like it was quite a big thing for them to get down to weight because i martin cross pointed out i wasn't aware of this but they were racing a heavy double early in the season to avoid weighing in and only start cutting to weight later and it looks like it's really paid off and i'd actually love to chat to them about that that whole process um I'm not surprised though. I, I look at those guys, especially Christopher Brunen and Valseed. He's a tank. Yeah. He's a tank. His arms are humongous. So now, I'm surprised you don't see that more often actually, yeah, actually. from light rates because, you know, hitting their weight. And I mean, we saw with uh, Zoe talking about how difficult and how emotional going, coming down to weight all the time is really challenging. And I always wonder, you know, why just, you know, hold it up a little bit hi- uh, higher, like be more gradual. Yeah. down to weight because actually you need to perform on the on the big days but yeah i mean uh, lightweight rowing is i mean that discussion is a whole episode it's a whole itself. episode by itself but i mean again awesome i think uh, awesome result there and those two crews are definitely going to be in the metal metal hunt come um tokyo um now that we're talking about norway we've mentioned the you know the norwegian scarlet chettel the Norwegian lighty double, but I'm gotta give a shout out to Olaf Tufta and the the boys in the in in the men's quad. What a good race! It's great to see them having a good performance out there against actually a quality field in the men's quad. And again, this Norwegian profile of really good progression and like you know the the Norwegian quad they they really I think they had a good race. They went out there, they put themselves in a good position, and I think the Italian quad just they just had. Better, they had more legs at the end, and they just got away from them in the last 500 meters. And it was great to see the Italian quad um, 
winning in um, Salbaudia, especially after the, the terrible um, passing of their former crewmate and uh, them winning there on that day. I think that was actually quite a special moment for them. Um, and you can definitely see that they rowing out there with the, the you know, real intent. But the men's quad actually overall, fantastic, another fantastic race. Yeah, I mean, the men's quad has been just phenomenal, you know, to keep watching the Dutch, to keep, and then to have these Italians and other crews really coming up to challenge them. You know, it's, uh, I think it's been, it's been really exciting. And yeah, as you say, it's always awesome to see Olaf out there uh, crushing it down the down the track. Yeah. And they now said he's, he's doing his seventh Olympics, eh? Seventh Olympics, then he's medaled in five, s- five of them. Yeah. So he's, he's got a pretty good track record. Yeah, no, he's got a good, he's got and a good track record. Yeah, I mean, oh, and he's definitely going to be the oldest uh, o- uh, oarsman at the mm. regatta for sure. No doubt. And it was actually quite funny. I, I was looking at him in the quad. He looks quite short in that quad. And I, I you know, if anyone's seen Olaf in real life, that guy's a monster. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Those other <laughs> guys in that quad must be huge. He does have the like the short body. Yeah, maybe he's got the short body because he body does look legs. like the you know the the battle dwarf there in the two seat. Yeah. I know Olaf looks down at me, so he's definitely <laughs> not small. Uh, and then moving on, uh, well, if we spoke about men's quad, let's just uh, quickly talk about the women's quad because yep. that was another another really tight banger. race. Yeah, no, very tight race. And you know, it was. It's always good to see um, second. You know, the, the, I think uh, the Dutch that um, sorry, the the Germans that won the the women's quad. I think they did the they Dutch not win the women's quad. No, 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 no. The dude, the Germans. You're sleeping on the Germans. The Germans and the in the women's squad have been uh, g- developing their... Um, oh, Jake, are you, sh- are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I think we need to double check on this Double one. check. Talk about something else. I'm going to go look at okay, the results. Okay, we're double checking on the results. Um, so, the next event I want to chat about, um, just to get into it. Interesting, uh, as mentioned in the um, in the hype train, that it's going to be interesting to see Anna-Katerine Thieler go uh, one of the crews from late qualifiers. There was another crew from the late qualifiers, the Danish women's pair. But firstly, the women's double, you know, she she came with a second place, then the women's double. A little bit, I think she's a little bit far behind, you know, the Dutch crew that won. And again, uh, run won with a really convincing um, lead there. So I think they're a little bit off the pace from late qualifiers, definitely got a bit of work to do. And then in the women's pair, the the Danish women's pair, um, with Fee Ugupi Eriksson, who's made the switch from the skull into pair, really looks like she's... Um, found herself a good partner and you know they have got really good speed there rowing a quite a fast time so I would say that they're definitely medal contenders going forward to Tokyo yeah uh, sorry I'm just uh, was looking at the results there Jake so actually you are right am I right you are right okay and I just I don't know attack. why I was watching that race and I was actually <laughs> the whole way and then I was looking at your sheet the sheet and I was like no way how did they come forth no they they um the Germans they've they've been developing really well there in the season and I think they're really strong contenders they I the mean it was a tight race but they 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 were definitely separated them from the pack. Yeah. And the Germans and the Dutch for me were the, the outstanding crews on there. They're just the way they were moving the boat. You know, obviously the, the Dutch women have been uh, watching their, their, their uh, counterparts in the Dutch men's, uh, men's quad. And yeah. just kind of just rowing that similar, really flat, really fluid, uh, loose stroke, not bullying the boat at all, where I thought like uh, the maybe the Italians a little bit or the Polish, like it's a, it's a, it's a brutal stroke. And I mm. mean, I know the quad can have that look because it's so fast and, and over so quickly. So, but what a race though, because it really, it like kind of spread out through the middle of the race 
And then as you're coming into that last 500 and the last uh, 250, it, it just started tightening up. Everyone started coming back. Uh, the Dutch obviously slipping back and the other crew I mean, really coming forward and it was wild. This is a proper photo finish. This is the same finish that we got in the men's eight in um, Lucerne because literally the Polish got the bronze in a 6.15.3.6 and the Dutch missed out on the podium in a 6.15.3.7. Oh, it's outrageous. Soul, yeah. Second place was 6.15.17. So it was ridiculously close at the end. Um, and again... You know, the men's quad actually, the men's quad and the women's quad, even throughout the World Cup season, have always been producing good races. It seems like always there's a good chunk of solid crews set going over there. So, I mean, they've really been, I feel like they've been doing a good job carrying, you know, the um, a bit of the rowing on their backs with um, with all the racing happening at the moment. I think it's quite an exciting part about rowing. You know, like a couple years ago, I would have written off the quads. They weren't my, like, they weren't a yeah. race for me to watch. Like, I'm not really that into it. And then, like, you know, each season, a different event kind of puts itself forward and be like, hey, guys, look look how good our racing is. And, you know, it's always changing and, and it's very fluid. And I think it makes it's a part of rowing that yeah. is really exciting. You know, if you're into watching this kind of high-level uh, rowing racing, then you're really going to have to look around and see which events are starting to to put themselves out there. And I think also, like, just on top of that, you know, you, you kind of, like, you can look at crews and you notice... You, you kind of see a narrative developing over the years. And like the quads especially, I mean, the German quad, the Italian quad, the Polish quad, um, these are all crews that have been together and they've been a, a strong boat developing. I mean, regardless of, of who's switching in the athletes, they've been strong boats developing and a strong boat from the nation. So it's again, it's good to see these boats continuing to develop. And I think those both these events had potential medal winners come Tokyo and more more than one I mean they weren't there's not a lot missing men's squad you're missing the Dutch I think in the women's squad you're probably missing um the Chinese and Romania isn't it um, then the women's double that's the women's double that's you're not missing a hell of a lot in these events so I mean again really re yeah. really good racing from both those classes yeah and then once again we're not really touching on the women's sweep side because we just feel like there's so much missing uh, from that ra from their field you know they're good races to watch but they they're really lacking the you know the australians the new zealanders the canadians the americans uh we saw america's doing their final selection they finally selected those last few spots in the women's pair so uh i think uh the, those races still for me are going to be some of the best yeah, biggest races tokyo. at tokyo i just feel like they we just and also we haven't seen anyone race there. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. The the only crew though, I must say, that in the women's four, the Dutch from oh, the yes. women's four, they yeah. they definitely putting their hands up. Well, women's four is like a, a little bit separate though because they're not they have more of these European countries. Yeah. You know, we saw the Irish really dish it up at their qualification. Oh yes, of course. And, and we haven't Dutch, even seen those crews. Yes, yeah, forgetting. So I think, and I always say, women's four is is that is an event that's just going to get better and better and better because it's such a cool event. And it's a real, uh, it, I think it brings up these countries like Ireland who would struggle to field the women's eight, but they can make that jump from the, the pair into the four fairly easily. Yeah. And, you know, it opens it up to a lot more countries, the women's four. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I think um, besides that, I think we've covered, uh, covered the, the good racing that we wanted to get through. I think we can also talk uh, about the men's four because just for, for Italy, oh, you know, they yeah, did that the huge change, change up. So they did that change up. They It looks like they dropped uh, Marco and Abignali into the pair because they didn't go so well. 
and then their four definitely look like they they stepped up their 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 speed quite a lot. Uh, again, it's hard to read into it because there's not that many crews there. Yeah. Um, but they did beat Poland, and oh, Poland, Poland looked like had they struggled. A uh, it's losing to the under twenty three yeah. British crew, and but that does look like quite a beast under twenty three British crew. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, because they put the Italians out of a hell of a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean they they put the first eight hundred meters of their race was outrageous. So I mean that just by itself was uh, really cool to go and watch. And I mean the British sent uh, their under twenty three team that I they sent here was. There were some outrageously That's, good crews. I wanted to say that actually, that now that you said it, I must say the G, GB's depth is like, un, it's no other country has got the depth that they have. And I'm surprised they didn't, put a, they didn't put an eight on because yeah. that eight would have boxed with those Italians for sure if you have these other other crews uh, on this level. I mean, their four was awesome. Their, 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 their pair was their also really good. Really, really slick. And you know they pay us. Looking at them on the start line, I was like, "Yes, these guys look like." Children. <laughs> I know they look like school kids, and, and then like I saw them rowing. I'm like, "Yes, these guys got skills, bro." Yeah. So yeah, I mean uh, that's nice to see for for GB because you know they've had so much disruption over the last uh, few years. So mm. I think for them to to really start to get these guys because I mean this is their what did uh, they they even called it? I think their Paris squad. Um, because it wasn't all under 23. Some of them were kind of just hopefuls, the young guys looking for, for Paris. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think yeah, they, the future of, of GB rowing is in really good hands because those there were some real, really classy um, racing there from the, the young group of uh, GB athletes. Cool. I think that's it, Jake. I think that's it. We've, I think there was quite a lot there to get, well, there was some good racing to get through, and I think we've, we've been through the big points. Yeah, so... Go out there if you haven't watched uh, some of those races, then go and go and give them a listen. I'm gonna go give them a watch. And thanks for for tuning into the row show. And I hope that you learn a little bit. If we made any mistakes or you're really upset that we missed uh, an event or we didn't speak about a, a specific crew, hit us up. Yeah. We we can take it. We and can Jake, take it. Jake will read the 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 hate mail. I read it. I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then if you want any of the, the if you want some more data I mean, and if you want some, some more rowing in your life, go over to our Patreon. It's been really, really awesome. It's really kicking up as we get more and more people involved and our WhatsApp group is buzzing all the yeah. time with just cool Especially racing and cool racing. ideas. And, you know, we have our own Olympic diaries that me and Jake do once a week. We're posting it up. And uh, we're chatting about our preparation and our build-up into the Tokyo Games. And that's exclusive for our patrons. So go ahead over there if you if you really want to hear that. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, and I think that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. And see you next time. Yeah, share the show. Tell your mates about it. Yeah, we're, we're out. out.